So this evening's uh, Dharma talk uh, is uh, the title of it. I, I actually borrowed from a little friend of mine. Uh, it's called We Came on Foot. And that talk title comes from the youngest member of the, the monastery residence by the name of Rumi. And uh, once uh, Rumi was coming over to Rose House, which is a uh, Sokoen's house that she just purchased about four minute walk away from uh, from the uh, monastery. And uh, and we were all over there waiting. And then uh, Senchu, who's right, that one person right there, says Senchu, that's her. She and her son Rumi uh, came over. And when she came in the door, something like this, uh, I think someone asked, did you ask uh, Senchu how, how did you guys, did you guys, how'd you get over here? And, and she said, we came on foot. And uh, Rumi at the time was a little over two, two, two years and two months said, heard that. And then said, we came on foot. We came on foot. She must've said that a couple dozen times over and over and over again. So uh, kind of stuck with me. And I thought if it's been said that many times, there must be something really important about that. <laughs> So, and if you think about it, reflect on it and, and think of those words, how long we've all heard that phrase, but we never have really particularly, at least I haven't thought about how that must sound to somebody who is used to hearing about feet, two of them, and to hear that we came on foot, you know, and uh, he's, uh, he's quite an interesting uh, little person, the way he learns language, he tends to hear something and then repeat it over and over and over again. So you don't want to say too much around him. <laughs> uh, is that how you remember that sent you? Yes. Anyway, he's uh, is he asleep? Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> Glad he's asleep. <laughs> so the idea there is uh, we came on foot. What I'm trying to use that. Of course, I can I can give a talk about. You give me a title, I'll talk about it somehow. I'll make it work, or I don't if you call it make it work, but I'll. Everything means something, and everything means something else, and yet everything means exactly what the words are. So. Well, how that shows up for me, we came on foot. It means uh, a return to your original situation. And one of the things that you can do for millions of years, at least a million anyway, we've had feet. And so return to the fundamental situation. And what, what is that? Your body-mind complex, this situation. You don't need a smartphone. You don't need, uh, what do they call that, AI, automatic intelligence or whatever the hell it is, axiomatic intelligence, uh, axolotl intelligence, axon intelligence, axon, that, axon isn't that the one that goes from the, goes, uh, makes the, the, it's like the causeway between the nerve and the, what are those other parts of nerves? Somebody here knows. Uh, don't tell me. So what I'm encouraging you to do is keep it very basic, very minimal, very radical, the very nature of shikantaza or just precisely this is a way of working with the mind that where we, in order to train the mind, we sit down, we hold still, and we just watch what continues to move. And whoever moves for you, whatever moves for me is going to be a little bit different, not better, not worse, just a little different. And it takes a while because for a while we we watch what moves and we want to stop it. We watch what moves and we want to fluff it up. We watch what moves and we want to uh, uh, conclude something about that. We actually miss what shows up for what we think about it, simply put. So we came on foot. We came on foot. It's a very simple, direct, uh, the foot has to hit the earth. This is a Sparsha Mudra of the Buddha, earth-touching mudra. When he was challenged by the daughters of Mara, illusion saying, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are uh, realizing your true nature or the truth? Uh, you know, what? They probably said, they could have said, give me some proof, give us some proof. And he ran his uh, uh, hand into the, into, the, into the soil. This earth is my witness. This, uh, and I think the way Trungpa Rinpoche would have said it would be, and probably did say it, this solid, sane earth, sane, S-A-N-E, sane earth is my witness. Why was it sane? Because it didn't do anything. So it was totally, fundamentally uh, stable. 
and ready for that foot, which was all a foot is is earth in motion. There's a sky and uh, and there's heaven and then there's earth and then there's uh, the foot that connects heaven and earth. There's just just this earth. As the Japanese would say, Shin Soi and Ikai, or Heaven, Earth, and Man. What is that? It's just a way, way to arrange things so that you can better look around and see the various situations that are coming and going, passion, aggression, ignorance, hope, and fear, all the different uh, qualities of craziness and of sanity, coming and going, coming and going. So the idea... about we came on foot for millions of years we've been doing this what did i say originally at least a million <laughs> so two million years ago i'm not sure if they were feet or not but they could have been uh flippers anyway here we are we're doing this uh we may have felt like we just got here but there isn't a time when we weren't here awareness uh intelligence perception uh, the viewing, the tasting, the smelling, the hearing, all of the sense fields are on receive. And if they're on receive, then you're getting exactly what you're looking for. You may not see it. If there's still some kind of rotation, some kind of confusion about the nature of what's appearing in front of you, thinking that it's something else that needs to be chased, something else that needs to be avoided or run away from. Uh, and, and not that relatively it doesn't look like that's the nature of relative truth is to be the grand illusion. It looks like it's scary. It looks like it's inviting. It looks like it's meaningless. That's appearance. Always receive that, but don't use that to do something else. In other words, and in the same words, don't run away from anything. Don't run towards anything and don't ignore anything unless you see clearly what it is. And then in that case, in that case, you are no longer separating yourself as a separate identity from dependent origination, and you actually become the dance itself. Others might look on you and think you're crazy, or others might look on you and think, yeah, there's a pretty good dancer, or others might look on you and think, the hell's going on over there? Who pulled her chain or his chain? So any kind of dependent origination can show up as confusion, can show up as sanity, can show up as neutrality, and so on and so forth. If you, if you think there's someone that can do something wrong, if you think there's someone that can do something right, uh, then this leads to confusion. It leads to further uh, uh, entanglement in right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, success and failure, hope and fear, and uh, terror and extreme joy, polarity. So coming back to the basic idea here, we came on foot, so... You got a couple of feet, more than likely. And if not, you'll figure it out. Uh, get get to the cushion, get to the get to the chair, get to get to a position where you can hold still. There's all kinds of forms of meditation practice. There's just tremendous amount of uh, styles and ways of apparently training the mind to see this or see that. All kinds of encouragement coming from all from 2,500 years of the Buddha's Dharma. It just is shot out in all kinds of directions with all kinds of ways of presenting these teachings, these teachings. And there, there's not that something is more correct than something else, but probably you're going to resonate with a particular style or a particular teacher, teaching or sangha. And so that would be up to you to do that. <clears throat> but the way it looks here is keep it very simple. Don't do anything unless you have to. I even say, and this may sound a little bizarre, but if you don't have to meditate, don't meditate. Go do something else. But if you see what this is, you don't know about this unless you check it out. So if somebody came and said, well, I don't know. How do I know if I'm going to want to do this? Uh, if I don't know, how, how long does it take? And I would say, probably should, depends on how old you are. And I would say, if you're 16, 17, 18, 20, 21, 22, or something like that, then I'd say, well, give it a year. And then if I would say, you're my age, which is pretty damned old, I would say, better give it about five years. So got to have some reason to live. So a little bit of silliness, but I'm saying very important. 
It's very important. We all know we've all had a taste of extreme uh, pain or suffering or fear or loss or distress, or it can be so incredibly painful for any of us, depending on what we're dealing with. And we're all dealing with a, with a variation on the same theme, which is what? Suffering, discontent, difficulty. This is not nihilism, as it is sometimes pointed at by those who are wrapped up in their heads of right and wrong, up and down, back and forth. It's just a description of the nature of having a lot of nerve endings. So, so the way it looks here is um, don't do it unless you have to, but and you won't know about that unless you, you do it. So give it some time. Sit down and uh, work with the mind in a very straightforward way. You may decide to return to Shamatha Vipassana or to uh, doing mantras or doing deity yoga or, uh, or, or just yoga. There's all kinds of different ways of working with the mind different ways. Right and wrong is extra. But there's probably a way that would resonate with your, your particular wish, desire, aspiration to see the fundamental truth of who you are. What, this, what is this, a human being? We look at this every day in the mirror, or maybe we avoid the mirror. But whatever we see at the end of our fingertips and on the end of every fork as what is this? What fundamentally is this? And notice that if you look closely, you notice that all of the projections and ideas, maybe in a limited form, maybe in a very minimalist form, fall away. And we begin to see the raw and rugged edges of that which is arising as what? Form. And we see that we don't really know what this is. We know what it's called. We know what it does. We know how to use it, how to move it this way, move it that way, make it larger, make it smaller, warm it up, cool it off, and all of that stuff. But we don't know fundamentally what it is. If you begin to look at what this is, and the way I teach people about this, this whatever moves, observe that. Don't grasp it, don't reject it, don't shut down, but observe what is in, in motion, thought forms, thought patterns, ideas, daydreams, falling asleep, falling awake. Anything that's occurring, just observe. And in that way, we begin to see clearly what this, what it is that's coming and going, arising and falling as thought forms, ideas, imaginations, uh, explanations of this and that, hopes and fears and so on. Just observe. Keep it very radical. And, of course, the path to that, as you've heard me say probably hundreds of times, if you listen to me much, is uh, the, the way that seems to begin or start out or maybe goes for a long time is we can't quite keep from adding on to stuff. But that's still awareness. To see the way you add on is what, what is important, not, not figuring out a way to not add on, even though I might say, don't add, don't subtract, don't divide, don't do any math. As I've heard said many times, we can't stop doing that. But if I say that, to you, as I've said to myself, we notice that that's interesting. If I try not to add on to what arises, there's a kind of an impulse to do that. If you don't add, subtract, divide, I can tell you what you will see. And what you will see is not separate from the one who is seeing it. And it's not magical. It's not a great, uh, uh, you won't hear uh, French horns in the background. You're more likely to hear, hear uh, a tin whistle. <laughs> I knew I'd get a thumbs up down in the corner here. So it's, it's difficult not to uh, promise a little bit or say, you know, do this because this will help you. Uh, so I can't do that. But one of the things that I can say to you, and this may me be meaningful to you, but coming from someone who's been doing this for close to 50 years, around 48 years, something like that, somewhere in that area, 48, 49, is that you won't regret a, a single minute you've spent training your mind. Sit down, hold still, watch the movement, get to know yourself, get to know yourself deeply, deeper than that, deeper than that. And actually, you notice that depth is not actually the, what we thought depth was. Depth is the surface. It is the surface. Everywhere you look, you will see deeply into everything by doing what? Looking at the surface of it, because the surface is where the projections hit. And that's what gets clogged up, because we have the imagination that we're looking deep. 
ego language. You can't look deeply into anything. Would you disagree? Ha ha ha. No, yes. She's going like this. So I can I can respond to some questions or I can continue to talk about we came on foot. I think, I think Rumi said that about 20 times, at least 20. And it was just every time you would say it, I would think he's right. That is that's like poetry. It's just amazing. We came on foot. And he would say it as like it's the first time he ever heard that. It was just, of course, it's interesting to hear somebody repeat something. It's the first time they've ever heard. And of course, uh, that's what happens when your mom is a poet, which she is. <laughs> Very poetic. Beautiful. Yes, go ahead with the question, please. Shogabang, you talk title is We Came on Foot, and you've talked about the foot hitting the pavement. What is contact or how can we work with contact in our awareness practice yeah good question so a contact which is of course uh the i think it's the six of the 12 links on the chain of existence uh contact so the contact between the the sen senses and the object that coming together of that and uh, uh it's just a matter of being aware of that contact and notice, notice that that generates other kinds of reactions to it that take the 12 links, which are thought of as being linear, it spreads them out in countless directions of contact, 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 contact. It's, it's a complete uh, um, cornucopia, if you want to say, of, of objects that arise in the mind that all join in that, that actually, in one way, are encouraging us to see more deeply into the, the 10,000 things, but in another way, that tends to keep us from seeing what is right in front of us. So when there's contact, then instead of just seeing the contact, we we go to the go to the feeling, and then the feeling goes to the, either wanting more of that feeling or wanting less of that feeling or wanting to get rid of that feeling, passion, aggression, and ignorance, which of course uh, takes us into a, a fixation, and then to all the rest of the the twelve links becoming. Uh, birth, sickness, aging, and death, so on. More, Shoka? If we see what this is, is there, is, is there still contact? Yeah. Yes, there's contact. More? Don't you want to ask me, what's contacting what? Shokabang, what's contacting what? Well, the contactor is the contactor is contacting what's being contacted. What do you think it was? Some kind of non-duality or something? You know, John Roadhouse. I know that's not you. I know that's your photograph, but it looks like you're smiling at me. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. I am no. definitely. I am definitely smiling at you. No, okay. I, I, I thought maybe you decided to put your hat back on. <laughs> <laughs> I can take it off. Very good. You look great with that new haircut. Takes years off my life, right? Yeah, it does. It does. You, you, you only look uh, 72 now instead of uh, 73. <laughs> so <I'm> nearly 80. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shoko, what, how far did you want to go into that whole contact question? Shoko buying. Uh, I think early on in the pandemic, you were talking a lot about contact and I had asked you a question of, uh, does, is there a texture that, that, uh, that is, goes along with contact? Yes. I think the, the, the contact, as I said, there is a contactor, but there might be some kind of a, a sense of somebody contacting something else. And that can show up in all kinds of ways. And it's not about stopping that or manipulating that or getting rid of that apparent polarity, but see, seeing that it is uh, uh, insubstantial, it's unreal. It, it has no longevity to it. It comes and goes, it shows up and goes away. And the very nature of the texture has to do with that which is being touched or contacted or seen or observed as an object, like objects of the eye, objects of sounds, objects of the ear, 
what strikes the fingertips, what strikes the, the ground as uh, we came on foot. We came on foot, ground, we touched the ground. There's contact. So this is a, this is, it's a fundamental aspect of relative truth that is saying over and over and over again, absolute, absolute, absolute. I'm just using concepts to say it, but you're always where you're at. Past and future are need to be uh, looked at, but those are illusions. The, from from your from the uh, the the orientation, you could say, if you want to call it orientation, or maybe the lack of orientation of your true nature. You don't see anything else, but that doesn't mean that the illusion of texture, the illusion of uh, we came on foot, it doesn't mean that that isn't a completely vivid and vibrating and radiant illusion sometimes called uh, luminous emptiness. Shokobang. Yes. Um, there's the, the contact with the senses, like the sense of touch or the sense of seeing. Yes. When we're interacting with it, another person, how do we see the, the contact that arises between a self and other? Is, is there another person? Find out. You're, 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 you can't actually see the other person. I'm not saying there isn't a human form sitting across the room or sitting next to you or asking if you want more uh, tea. I'm not saying there isn't an appearance like that, but is there another being? Rather than go into the uh, orientation about the plus and minus between those beings, look at the primary the primary illusion, which is mistaken identity. Don't let me get away with it that easy. Come and get me. Shokobang. So how, how can we begin to look at that situation through the apparent contact? Yeah, just, just look at the contact. But a little bit of insistence on it, a little bit of... Uh, deliberateness or intention, just, just look at the contact. But as you're doing that, notice if there's any kind of a, 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 a side a sideline or a, a margin line where you're, where you're writing down notes about that contact. In other words, you're collecting credentials for how well your contact is working. If you're looking for any uh, validation, uh, if you're looking for any proof or any, any uh, proof of up and down, back and forth, or any success story is happening there, this is a a subtle uh, fragrance of uh, spiritual materialism. And it's, it only has to be seen. You don't, don't have to get rid of it because it is also illusory. But if we think there's some kind of progress being made, then, then we're, we're further into the, the, the confusion, into the circularity of samsara. While at the same time, looking at how radiant our credentials are. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Kozan Bowen. Yes, Kozan. Earlier, um, you used the idea of dancing. You said it's just dancing or something like that. Did I say it's, it's just dancing or something like that? Is that what that quote? Well, no, you just said it's just dancing. I didn't say it's or something like that. Well, you just did. Are you accusing me of something? <laughs> nope. Keep coming. You can do it. Well, let's just say um, it's just dancing. <laughs> okay. And use that use that metaphor. Well, Huh? So if you're if you're dancing, let's just say if you're dancing, and if you're self conscious or you're thinking about how to do it, it's, you can't just dance. It's hard to just dance. But if you lose yourself, it comes out more naturally. It feels I don't know free, and that's evident with dancing. How do you do that with your life? Yeah. So it's going to show up differently with each person. And uh, the, the dancing is a kind of a, a, a description, but it's like the, in the, the, the sutra, the stone woman, uh, 
stone woman gets up dancing. So it's it, the, the, the amazing uh, thing that's being pointed at through that kind of an image, the, just like the wooden man begins to sing, there's really no identity there. Stone woman. So it doesn't mean that the person has no feelings or emotions or, or doesn't uh, actually, excuse me, actually dance. <clears throat> it just means that there's no solid being there. It's, a, it's a, a, an image, a way of saying that there's no one there. So then the dancing that occurs is not the intention of the dancer. It's not, uh, it's, there's no uh, singularity that's showing up as this is how the dance is done and this is how I need to dance and this is how I need to relax and just be a dancer. Uh, it's uh, um, sometimes uh, artists, uh, painters, sculptors, uh, poets, writers notice that they, they practice and they write and they write and then they realize that the writing just comes out of them as they no longer get in the way of, uh, of pratitya samrapada, of dependent origination. You are dependent origination unless you obstruct this situation. And it's difficult if you had um, what sometimes is referred to as lifetime after lifetime of fighting with everything, going to war, going to peace, going to war, being on the good side and the bad side, being a black person, a white person, a black person, a white person, black and brown, red. And did that happen? I don't know. I'm not particularly claiming anything. But that dancing that is being referred to and that I have occasionally uh, referred to as you, uh, I think you're referring to, is something that happens uh, uh, spontaneously, not impulsively, not in order to get a credential, not to be a good dancer, not to appear to others like you're, you're so free and you're so relaxed. And you're just so, you know, with the world uh, in harmony with everything. May not, may not look that way at all. May not even look that way to you. But the idea there is to see dependent origination. And, and what, uh, what I'm telling you to do, a uh, suggestion you do, and in your case, since you're a student of mine, you're a monk, I'm telling you to do it. Get your, uh, uh, go on foot. Go on foot. Get to the wall. Sit down, hold still. And just observe, just receive what shows up, project nothing, laminate nothing. Don't, don't do anything with it. No dancing, no nothing, no music. No, 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 no. As Trunk Rinpoche said, the big no in 1980. It's a big no. It's just, I don't know what he meant by that. I never got a chance to ask him about it. But it's like a big understanding of, uh, of seeing the way via negativa is a fancy phrase uh, that you can actually stop everything. That's what the big no is. You sit down and you just stop moving. And when you stop moving with the intention that is coming out of the, the, out of the wish, the bodhicitta, the, the, the interest, the inspiration to see the truth yourself, not believe in this, not believe in Buddhism, not believe in this old man, not, but to see it yourself, sit down, hold still and see the truth yourself. You can do it. I know you can do it. I'm positive you can do it. I don't know if you're it's going to take you 10 years, 20 years, or 100 years. Once you do it, it hasn't taken any time at all because nothing uh, fundamentally occurs. That's, that's the illusory part of it, that ego mind, self-centered mind, greedy mind, hope and fear mind gets tangled up in something else, something else, something else. It's a, an incredible illusion. And it, it can't be explained away, even though... Use concepts to point to it, and we should study those. Stone woman gets up dancing. Wooden man begins to sing. More goes on. Onion bunny. No. When you're bowing. Go ahead. Um, I've just been kind of swamped by watching the trial of. Um, about George Floyd. Yes. Um, how do we dance with that? Um, Insofar as you can, uh, just watch what happens, and watch watch what happens out there, and then watch what ha what the reaction that happens here, and don't add or subtract. Don't do any math at all, and that's difficult because uh, because we think some things should not happen. We think. 
well, that shouldn't be so. And that's adding. It's not that it should be so. It's just that we oppose that rather than receive it. That difficult. Go ahead. Just in watching the the witnesses that have come forward so far, um, and and just the intense, in some cases, guilt that they feel for not having done more. And so as practicing meditators or Buddhists, how can we do more? You have to do what they're not able to do. There's no mind training going on. I'm not saying some of them aren't extremely clear about what's happening relatively. But but the the misunderstanding there is that they're thinking that there's good and evil. I'm not saying there isn't clarity and blurriness. Of course there is. But the causes and conditions that are are underneath, behind, not going to go too much into that area because I've got enough of it and I don't want to interpret it for people. But since you brought it up, uh no no one is a bad there's no fundamental evil bad situation happening it really does look like it and it looks like it's all over the place but by going to war with that or opposing that it just strengthens the polarity and it also causes uh, the person who is working in that area as a bad guy uh, to to defend themselves because they they haven't seen the the nature of self centeredness of ego belief in a separate separate self. So if you attack them, even if you're if you're even if you're uh, have some sub- substantial proof or something, it doesn't matter because they're operating not out of right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, or even logic or even reasonability. They're operating out of how do you how do I stop being afraid? <laughs> the way you stop that is you blame others. You blame anything. Or how you feel about things. Simple, simplistic way of saying it, but that's kind of what it is. More. It just seems like the one young clerk, and not to go on, but he 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 was torturing himself. It seemed because if he only hadn't done this, and it seems like so many times, mm-hmm. if I just had turned left instead of right, or if I'd gone this way instead of that way. Mm-hmm. things would have been different well this is the illusion of of the ego illusion even if it's a highly sweet lovable friendly workable compassionate ego still ego still the the illusion of a separate being who can get things right that's why i say over and over again and if you don't understand that's why i'm here you can't don't correct anything see the way you think it needs correcting just see the see the interstices of the confusion, the dark alleys and tunnels and and twists and turns of that. Just look at that, rather than going in and saying like, not that this gentleman isn't a kind, sweet person who feel probably feels terrible about. It. Of course he does, but to go in and say and, and it's an interesting twist of ego to think that I could have done something, I could have helped. I'm not saying relatively you couldn't, but what happens is you're, you, that keeps you entrained into that, uh, that incredible uh, circularity we call samsara, life and death, life and death, life and death, success and failure, success and failure. More? Yeah. It needs to be seen. And, and if you see it, there's no guarantee that you won't uh, get cancer next week and die in three months. I don't mean to go into some kind of terrible thing. But those are, that's all dependently arisen and it's extremely complicated but here we are we're all here we're free and well favored we're free to come to a situation like this we're well favored you could say i'm well favored in that i i uh as insane and self-centered and narcissistic as i am i didn't say was i didn't say I, i'm now i'm some kind of better person no no nothing has happened and if you if you don't see that or if you don't understand that, then perhaps you never will. I don't know. But it seems to be necessary if you're somewhat inspired by what I'm saying or, or resonate a little bit, then please train your mind. I'll help you. And I won't overhelp you. If you, you can touch base with me once a year if you want to or not at all. Or every day, as I'm sure you know. It's about seeing. It's about seeing what is. If you go ahead, you, you hung. I'd rather answer your question. What you have to say is more important than what I have to say. 
I have no question. I just want to say, um, I appreciate Unio's question, like she mentioned, is uh, half an hour ago, my six years old Ellie cried half an hour. And she mentioned the, 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 the story the you know, the George Floyd. No. And she, she, I wrote down, I was like, so I don't want to cry. She said, mommy, I'm so sad. You know, we all need to be treated equally. Why people treat me differently? And she was crying because I think one of her friends doesn't want, want to play with her. Just a simple thing really tri triggered her. And she say whatever she saw on the TV or no. uh, the media, I don't know where she got that. Normally we don't watch watch TV, but I, I appreciate when you, the question really make me as a mom sitting here feel a little bit better. I feel I was very humbled to to have a chance to be teacher Sokozan. I just sat there and listened to her and all, I always want to say that train your mind, but I cannot say it. I just, you know, just yeah. let her say whatever she wants. You say it and to you, uh, just receive, you know, as I'm, I'm interrupting you right now and I receive it, but train your mind so that you can see and so you can receive. So when you step away from the wall and you go and talk to Ellie or Abraham that you're, you're on receive. This doesn't mean you might not stay, step in and say, oh, no, 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 don't do that. You might, but you'll do it out of the situation rather than some kind of ideas about what they're saying. That you can, they'll be fine. Just protect them from danger, protect them from harm, and that's hard to do in this world. I know, but uh, that's that'd be a wonderful thing to, for uh, for you to just meet her where she's at, listen to what she what's happening with her, what's happening with your son. Yeah. Thank you. you. Yeah, Bye. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Any further questions? Yunji bowing. <clears throat> A question from Nancy Tremaine. Nancy, it's nice to hear from you. Go ahead. I am going through an internal struggle. I have a big decision and um, am unable. Advice, please. Well, you... You've listened to me some, I know, and I say, I have a basic thing I say, but it doesn't mean always, but basically don't do anything unless you have to. So, and that, but that, by saying that, say, okay, that gets you to stay away and just not do it. This is sometimes called patience, but it, it tends to, if you say, I, if I don't have to do that, I'm not going to, but then you could say to yourself, uh, well, but if I don't do that, something else will happen and you know, maybe this will fall apart or you know maybe that someone will be harmed if i don't step in so there's so many variables but you can put some tension on it by by uh you know and i don't know how far off this is or what your dilemma is but uh you could even write it down and say here if i don't if i if i don't do this here's some of the consequences that i'm pretty sure are going to happen and you could that will give you a little bit more conceptual understanding of it and then, as you know, as you've been, you've heard me say, we've known each other for years, uh, have to train your mind. You have to find time to sit down. Am I biased here? Damn right I am. Because I know if we don't fundamentally, you don't have to be a Buddhist. Uh, you can be an atheist, be an agnostic, be a, a, um, anything, any, any orientation like that. But if you want to see what this is, then that which is seeing what is happening needs to be trained so in such a way that the actions that come out of the self-centered mind, the ego mind, uh, we're more clear about how much we do that. As I said a few moments ago, uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gotten rid of anything. If I'd gotten rid of things, I would be this some kind of wonderful person. Now I might have some students, but they wouldn't. They'd just be followers. They would be true students. As I've said, I don't need any followers. I'm not going anywhere. Sorry to say, or happy to say. So I would say, Nancy, just. Look at it as best you can and, and don't do it unless you have to. But then you'll, you might see by saying that, uh, you might see that it goes on. If you got a couple of weeks, I wouldn't decide anything till the last minute. Just before, uh, just to get that last weather report. Is it raining today? It'll wait till the last minute. Some people will say, oh, don't waste the last minute. Decide now. I never say that. I don't decide anything ahead of time that I, I can think of. Do I? Did I say that? She said, you're lying. You do too. Didn't you? <laughs> Not much. And also, Nancy, I'd say if, uh, I'd be happy to talk to you about it at some point if you 
feel that's necessary. And also, uh, nice to hear from you. Any further questions? Jason Bowing. Yes, Jason. Um, how do you know when you have to, when that moment arises? Uh, I, I think if you're, if you have a mind training, in other words, if you're, if you're, you could say stretching the awareness to, so that you, you're sitting down and you're not particularly uh, uh, fueling the, 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 the knee-jerk action of the mind to grasp something or push something or shut down on something, and you've watched that happen enough that that starts to lose its, uh, its momentum or, its, uh, or lose, uh, lose its energy because of the energy that was going into pushing, pulling, and shutting down is now going into, what is this? It's going into uh, what is sometimes called uh, prajna or insight or uh, jnana or jnana, wisdom. Uh, and that, that's not findable or recognizable. It doesn't actually have a, some kind of status there. So if you're, if you're endeavoring to do that, then there's a lot more space around the phenomena that are arising, including the thoughts, the ideas, the conclusions, the exclusions, the judgments, the hope and the fear, and all the other stuff that floats through the sky masquerading as clouds. So that way you get to see it more clearly. You begin to see the gaps between things. And those gaps between things are, uh, that's, you could, you could use a word there that that's where the insight is. It's not in the things themselves. The things, uh, the things themselves masquerade as uh, difference. As difference, um, um, differentiation and, and desire. There's a differentiation and then there's a desire that this go away and desire that we get more of that. And we totally miss the, the interval, you could say, between the phenomena. It's the interval. It's the gap or the space, the spaciousness. And eventually the spacious, at first the spaciousness is between the items or the concepts or the ideas or the interpretations or on and on and on or the clouds. And then we see that the space and what is arising in the space are not separate, not separate. This is a American sign language for what? Friendship? <laughs> what? Yeah. Is that it? Well, you'd have to ask Shoto, but. I think it is. We did that on Mr. Rogers. Is that true? Yeah, Teresa just, uh, oh. you know, she went like this. Is that knocking on the door? <laughs> um, so knocking. I'm a little confused. What does that space have to do with um, uh, not deciding, but knowing or having that moment when you actually have to do something or you do do something? I guess knowing, knowing when. Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, if, if one is practicing meditation and, and uh, giving uh, the, the mind stream a chance to just allow things to come and go, then instead of continually projecting and trying to stop and control and interpret and decide and and um, have a lot of thought patterns on top called a projection on the top, something arises and we think about it. Something arises and we label it. Something arises and it's like that. So by doing sitting meditation and watching what comes and goes without any addition, or if there is addition, then just noticing the addition with no correction. Getting to know yourself on a and how the mind works uh, on a deep level, then that spaciousness begins to show up. Uh, to ego, it shows up as uh, can show up as fear of not knowing what to do next. So the ego will interpret space as uh, I can't be happy. We have to. I have to figure something out. No, I have to decide what to do. I've got to figure this out. That kind of thing. Where what is being recommended is a uh, um, uh, just just allow allow some space around the things that are happening rather than make it some kind of a you know, get us uh, all upset about the situation. It's, it's, it's difficult to do that. I don't know if you can actually do it, but what you can do is uh, it's kind of the negative aspect is uh, stop meddling with it. Uh, have some appreciation for your confusion. If you can really make friends or appreciate or understand or see or, or stop fighting with your own confusion, fundamentally, not only will you, uh, things go a lot more smoothly, more or less, but you'll also be able to help others who are wrestling with themselves and fighting with themselves and trying to find blame or trying to find credit, trying to find polarity that is right and wrong or up and down, back and forth, correct and incorrect. 
good and evil. That's a that's a all about controlling people. Go ahead, Sally. Sally Bowing, I just wanted to say that that is so very helpful to me. Thank you. Thank you. And I didn't think to ask that specifically, but it was very helpful to me. Thank you so very much. I have no idea what I said. Oh. No, I'm. All I hear is what you're saying. Yes. That's oh, okay. I, yeah. yeah. Just, it's, uh, yeah. When I say receive, uh, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm receiving. So I don't, I don't, I don't have a bag of tricks anymore. No, I, I know that. And I trust that. That makes a very big difference to me. Thank you so very much. Sally Bowing. Yes, Teresa. Teresa Bowing. Often you talk about things are choiceless or choicelessness. Yes. Sometimes I feel like I use that as a cop-out. How can we recognize choicelessness and still take responsibility? You're doing it. You, you just, you, you keep second guessing everything. You're already doing it. You're already doing it. So don't believe me, but don't, don't necessarily disregard what I'm saying. I'm just saying, continue to sit, you know, uh, we came on foot, continue to get off your feet and sit on your fanny on the cushion or in the chair and, and, and watch, put your, put your gaze somewhere and just receive fundamentally receive this incredible world that we've been downloaded into for a short period of time that we so take for granted. And so just, and you're, you're already doing that. I just had an interview with you. What was it yesterday or two days ago? Yeah. You're doing fine. Just keep, I'm not saying it's comfortable. It's not going to be comfortable. Life is suffering. The Buddha was not kidding. And it doesn't necessarily go away, even though the third noble truth is naroda or cessation. Well, suffering isn't going to cease, so he didn't he didn't quite level with us there, but he did really. But then Ananda probably memorized it wrong. As you know, Ananda didn't attain awakening because he was too busy memorizing, memorizing stuff. Yeah, you're doing fine. Just keep going. Keep keep doing that. Just like I was saying to Yuhang, just. Continue to do it. And I'm not saying it feels good, but just continue to do it. Be as genuine as you can and, and uh, don't do anything unless you have to. And of course, if you, if you look at that, then you really look at all the things you do that are kind of useless. Like I don't really, I don't really have to, you know, wash my clothes. Do I? <laughs> yeah, you probably should do that. I don't have to take a shower. <laughs> I don't have to brush my teeth. I don't have to. This, this information is not for, 12 year olds. <laughs> like wear pants during COVID. Yeah. What? <laughs> joke about people not wearing pants during COVID because they're all really? on Zoom. Yeah. Because they're all on Zoom? Yeah. Pants are kind of useless and <laughs> Because the pants business, they're listening to you on there, you know, they can hear what you're saying. And I didn't say any of that. <laughs> I don't agree with anything she said. Even though the pants, the Levi's is going out of business, I hear, because of the <laughs> lack of pants. Just L-O-P-P, lack of pants purchase. Okay, let's get down to business here. <laughs> Further question? Laura Go ahead, Laura. This, this yes. is just a, a practical question. Yes. On, day, on days that I can uh, manage two hours uh, of meditation, is it better to do it all together or is it okay to split it up? Um, either either way, uh, I, I would say either way. You might do it one way one day or do it for a week one way and then go back the other way. You can also do, uh, depending on and your, um, you work out of your house, as I recall. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, I would say it's up to you. Uh, either way is fine. Okay, so there's no... There's no power. There's no added power for hanging two hours straight. <laughs> well, yeah, if you could do two hours twice, which is a block set. Right, right, and, and yes, and I have done that. I have. I just wondered about the two hours versus. Yeah, I'm pointing at though, right? Heard me. You heard me. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I just said, you see what I'm pointing at. The oh, yes, yes. 
Yeah, I would say uh, to be serious about, it, I would say yeah, two two hours in the two hours uh, in the morning uh, all together, and then maybe uh, split it up another day, split it up, and then you you understand what happens if you do two in a row at that second hour, just mm-hmm. like with a four hour block set. I've noticed that that um, after about three hours, you, the the self centered part of the mind gets kind of just worn out or something, and is and kind of slows down, and there's just more awareness of what's moving, sometimes called boredom. Boredom, the downside of boredom is boredom, and the upside of boredom is it is a sign that you're weaning yourself away from the constant demand for entertainment. Thank you, Sokazan. Welcome, Laura. Sally, do you have a question? Anyone else have a question? Junshu Bowing. Yes. A question from Benjamin Swartout. Okay, Benjamin. I don't own myself. How then can I own my thoughts? Do I just accept myself as the confused fool I am? How can my actions still be grounded in ethical or right action? Yeah. So that's a lot of strung together uh, inquiry there. And, And I understand. I think I follow where you're are with it. I would just simplify the whole thing. Sit, train your mind, watch what moves. I wouldn't worry too much about the ethics. Uh, I would, if you want, if you want a best ethical thing to look at is don't do any harm to yourself or to anyone. Mind your own business. Don't meddle with anyone. Correct no one. And you could also not correct yourself, but watch the way the mind moves. And then that which needs to be maybe tamped down a little bit or fluffed up a little bit will come out of your awareness rather than some out of some kind of a, a code of ethics or something. Not that there shouldn't be codes of ethics. We have one, uh, we have a ethical guidelines on our website for people in the monastery, for monks. And, and But those are to be observed, not obeyed. Start obeying monks and then pretty soon you have some people who are bad people because they're not, they're breaking their vow or something. It's just a big misunderstanding. That's the only question I ever ask uh, Coben Chino Roshi, and he corrected me immediately when I asked him. And that was, uh, I would like to take vows with you. And he said very uh, abruptly and quite sternly, which is unusual for that fellow to talk sternly at all. You don't take vows, you observe them. And that hit me so strong that I didn't know what... Instead of coming back and say, oh, yeah, well, good. I'll observe the vows. Yeah, I'd just love to be your student. Can I take vows with you? Can I observe vows with you? I could not because he he saw what I was up to. And so, and he did what, he functioned out of his vow to help me, not to make friends with me or to give me an easy time. Further questions? Go ahead. You just told Benjamin, uh, don't do harm. How do we know if we're doing harm? Kind of hard sometimes. Don't meddle. That would help. Don't do it unless you have to. So that way you're more you're more aware of what you're reaching for and what you're pushing away and what you're closing off. Because then you're kind of looking at cause and effect uh, in terms of the life that you're in, the people you relate to. But the most important area there to work on is to Train the mind to see clearly, so that you so that you're seeing what's in front of you uh, more uh, clearly, rather than seeing what you think you're seeing, which is the prejudice going out. You can't really get rid of prejudice. And prejudice is dependently arisen. It's like meditating, so your ears fall off. It's not going to happen, or so your ego goes away or dissolves or something. Can you yes. So you say. Um, we, we meditate to help us see more clearly what's right in front of us. Yes. I think you've also said that we have biases or we're prejudiced. Yes. How does seeing clearly help us perhaps cave into those prejudices? How does seeing clearly help us not cave into the prejudice? Or cave into them. Change our mind, in other words. I think it's just being clear about it. 
being being clear so that you you understand in such a way that you are no longer uh, at the mercy of your emotions. So negative feelings arise. There's no one there who's having that feeling. The feeling is there and it can be super intense, but there's no one who is trying to get rid of it, uh, abandoning what arises, the texture and the motion and the difficulty of what arises for something else, for some kind of palliative or explanation or blaming someone. Even if that thing that arises uh, comes along with its own post-it notes, it's because of this, because of that, because of that, because of that. You, you may read it, you may notice it, but you don't, you don't abandon what's there or what you think about it, what you should do about it, what, what should be done, what, how should it be stopped? Uh, what am I going to do about this? I don't think I can stand this anymore. So this is why I say receive more. It just feels like there's some kind of, I know you don't use this word very often, but some kind of surrender that has to take place. I don't use the word surrender because a uh, self-centered mind is quick to abscond with that credential and then try to act in such a way that it'll seem like surrender, even to the uh, awareness. We'll think that we're actually surrendering and giving in. It seems to be more important to see the way we can't give in. The way we're, we, we are, uh, have our teeth and our nails sunk into something we're fixated on, we don't want to let go of it. We, we, we actually use the, the difficulty there as a way of reinforcing the one who is suffering. That's why, that's why awareness practice is so important because uh, it doesn't matter if it's a positive thing or a negative thing or a neutral thing. We have a way of locking down on the pleasure, locking down on the suffering and locking down on the ignorance more. Uh, it's, it's about seeing that and and for each person any any uh, each person is going to have their own version of that some people may be more in the area of pushing against things and pushing and pushing or shutting down or grasping and drawing something into your uh, milieu where you can have some kind of control over it sometimes uh, uh, two people in a relationship will spend their whole life you know struggling for who's in charge and, and actually, it's it becomes a maintenance. So they, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. They're they're living beings, and they that's what they do right up until the time they pass. So not and not incorrect. Jason Bowie. Yes, Jason. Um, is there really truly anything that we have to do? Probably not. So why do you do anything at all? Me? Anyone, you, but especially, I want to know what, why you, I mean, now that you kind of understand things better, or that you know the... A little uh, bit. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I guess my question I is... I can like, tell you why I do, I do this. Yeah, go ahead. I guess the question actually is more about like, once you get more, uh, understanding of that confusion and that that boredom and you're you're you looked at it and, you, and you're more you're like comfortable with it and you're like okay are you describing like, okay then, then what what are you describing me or is, or yourself anybody how can you how are you going to describe anybody you don't I, know what's happening with anybody how are you going to do that i'm asking a hypothetical okay well then i'll probably have to give you a hypothetical answer but go ahead Go ahead. Yeah, I'm. I'm asking it. What becomes the impetus to do anything at all? You ready? Yeah. Okay. So that depends on on each uh, individual. It depends on the causes and conditions that are rising as your apparent individuality, as J as a, a Jason or Sogazan or Naisho or Sokoan or whomever it is how that shows up and the causes and conditions that even brought you into this particular milieu or this particular um, place where the, the Dharma is being uh, taught. It's, it's, it's extremely complicated. It seems simple. We're just here and we're listening to what somebody's saying and listening to some questions and some responses. And, but the fundamental understanding is about you. There are no separate beings. 
don't believe me. You know, I'm not asking you to believe, but you might want to look at your own identity and see what identity is. The way I have been, I could not do this without my teacher, but without both of my teachers and without a strong, a dedicated sangha or community. And uh, the dedication part was, I was part of that. I was very dedicated to a wild and crazy bunch of people called the sangha because uh, Trungpa Rinpoche's students were pretty crazy. Whereas you guys are all very sane. So uh, it's as I, and I, I don't know if this is going to be understandable to you, but, but I function, what I do, I don't do anything unless someone shows up. And then I, I function out of a vow. And if somebody needs my help, I'm all about helping them. If they, if they just want to talk about the, the weather, I'll do that. So there's no, there's no motivation on my part to control them, stop them, start them, make them do this, make them do that. So most of the people I talk to that uh, other than people who are students or people at the monastery or people who have, who come this way and, and want to function as a student, those people, then I, I work with them uh, out of a vow to be with all things or save all beings, of which um, it gets uh, challenging because uh, there are no real separate beings. It, it's just an incredible illusion. But if you meet someone who's all wound up in themselves, then, and you realize that uh, uh, you, you see, basically see through that. You see it through it in yourself. You see it through it in them. And you realize uh, you, the fundamental realization is nothing is separate. And if you realize that, you can't other than put it into that little simple conceptual situation. There's no way you can talk about it. All you know that uh, uh, you are not particularly chained down by anything. Even the vow is not chained because it is empty of what it's talking about. So that being said, uh, hope, hoping I haven't made things worse for you. <laughs> but if you have a question out of that, it's out, it's out of the vow. It's dependently arisen. So you're no longer at war with dependent origination. No, you're, nor are you at peace with it. You have no position on it because, and why don't you have a position? There isn't anyone. This doesn't mean that you don't have, uh, enjoy popcorn uh, or, or, uh, or dislike uh, football or it doesn't mean you don't have uh, emotions and feelings and all kinds of causes and conditions that arise and, and fall away like the weather. They might be even more intense since there are no, since you no longer have any uh, a particular, particular uh, um, um, preference about anything. This doesn't mean that if you start to have a stomach ache, you wouldn't prefer not to have one. But it's pretty simple, straightforward, without with very little grasping going on. So the self-centeredness is still there. The ego is still there. It's just not real. And the, and the, the reality of other people, it's also to you who's suffering and they think this is real and they're having a hard time then you help them what else are you going to do you help them and how do you help them um you help them with uh with their permission in other words they have to be ready for this kind of help you don't there's no propaganda going on like some teachers say this is the only way or some buddhists say the only this only way to attain an, an enlightenment is to this they have to do this and you attain enlightenment in one lifetime has to be done this way uh, I'm not saying that they're insincere, but I don't teach that. Because I'm bowing. Because I'm, I'm bowing out, so because I'm, I'm going to get up really early tomorrow. Yeah, tra travel safe going down there, will you? Thank you. And, and be sure and take uh, Ondo and, uh, and have her keep you awake. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Night. Night. I'm buying. Yes. I think I've heard you say that the vow transcends karma. How does yeah. the vow arise dependently if it transcends karma? Um, well, anything that arises has to do it dependently. But then once the vow is understood, then it's it's not dependent. It's no longer dependent because it's both exists and non-exists. So it has no uh, status anymore. It's it's just like you know you you you, you, you there's no there's no allegiance to otherness. It's it's uh, 
Well, the simple word that's been used for centuries is it's uh, Advaita or non-dual, not two. Goodbye, Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not two. Further question about that, Juzan? Juzan, are you going to be the since the uh, Kozan's gone and Chazan is in retreat? Are you going to be the Shuso? I don't know. <laughs> you mean he didn't give you an assignment or no well that's not fair if you get confused just call me <laughs> any further questions or we can close whatever you'd like to do So the rest of you guys don't have any questions. <laughs> Chi Show, you have no questions? Jeez. Gee whiz. Okay. Well, don't forget, we came on foot. <laughs> and I don't know how we're going to leave, but it's probably not going to be on foot. <laughs> so enjoy your foots while you can, especially you Pisces. We'll delegate the mirror. We'll The merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokokoji.org.